Unarmored Talk podcast, episode 39, Living Without Purpose Until One Day, with today's guest, Ben Killoy, founder and podcast host at Military Veteran Dad and United States Marine Corps Veteran. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Mario P. Fields YouTube, and also subscribe and download this podcast through Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms, and leave that rating and review so it can always get better. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Unarmored Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Mario P. Fields, and today's guest is Ben Killoy. He is the founder, owner, he's the creator of an amazing podcast, Military Veteran Dads, correct, right, Ben? Did I get it right, Ben? You did. I did, I did. And I was actually a guest on it, uh, what, 1912? Because you've been running this thing, that thing, since, uh, what, uh, 100 years now? <laughs> it feels like sometime in podcast years because it's like raising a child every week. So I probably have a hundred kids out over a hundred kids out there. And it's like, oh man, another week. We got to get another episode out there. <laughs> An amazing podcast too, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, check it out when you can and always leave Ben that rating review. But, uh, hey, and also Ben is a Marine Corps veteran, right? He's a United States Marine. He's always a Marine, but he's a- Hoorah, simplify. Yeah, he is. Yeah, hell yeah. I guess I can see it. I can feel it through the screen. But, um, <laughs> So, hey, hey ben, tell, tell the listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself, man. So I'm a Marine husband, father to three, rewired as a stay-at-home dad over the last year and a half during Corona. And my story of coming home to myself and as a Marine, there's kind of this weird dichotomy that I don't think is fully explained and you have to fully feel it on the inside. And I'm pretty sure you had to go through this as well. But there's a moment in the Marine Corps where they teach you to be a Marine. And it almost seems very easy to be a Marine in the context of the way the Marine Corps wants you to be. But then there's this whole other feeling. What does it actually mean to be a Marine on the inside and on the outside of serving? Because that's like, that's a way of being, that's a way of like swagger. That's the way you walk down. That's the way you wake up every day. That's like how your thinking is, what your intentions are, your integrity, like that being, it took almost 15 years after leaving the Marine Corps to actually figure out what it meant to be a Marine. But man, was that a long journey. And it was one of like the seeds were planted, but I had no idea how to water that. I know that like that being a Marine, we were just talking about your ability to smile. Right. That was probably a component where it's like, okay, I can't just be a Marine in the context of the Corps wants me to. I actually have to bring it from the inside out. And that's when you kind of stepped into your, Oorah, good to go. <laughs> and jumping down people's throats and just being that fire and passion that allowed you to lead the enlisted under you as a Sergeant Major. Yeah, no, no, you, you're accurate with with that uh, that thought, my friend. Is there were some times I was like, mm, ain't much smiling going on here, but um, but but let's talk about that. You know, you talk, you you kind of mentioned in your intro, uh, it took you about fifteen, roughly fifteen years to kind of realize some things. And I want to say from our, our earlier discussions that you were about thirty years old when uh, some something happened. So let's talk about that. You're thirty years old. You reflect back on your life. Then what happened? I essentially came to one big conclusion. And it was a very deep, sad conclusion that had a lot of balloons and a pity party. And everyone that showed up was there to support my pity party in my head. And it was this idea that when I leave this earth and go back to dust, no one's going to care that I was here. And that feeling of insignificance, knowing that what I do here isn't doing anything that's worth remembering was this kind of feeling like this is not the path that I meant to go on. Wow. So, so that, that is interesting. So you, 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 you take a pause from life. You look back at everything you, 
you have done in, in the 30 years of living that you can remember. And you came to the conclusion you haven't done anything that would outlive you. No, no significance in your mind. In my mind. I mean, I had my daughter at the time. My first daughter was right. two. I had a family. But outside that core element, it was just like, why does all this crap matter? Like, what is this deeper meaning that I wake up for every day? Because mm. what is sold to you on the way out of the Marine Corps, it's sold to you in the American life, is the American dream of car payments, debt, start a family, a career. <laughs> but that ended up being the American hell, not the American dream. And I had to really wake up and realize what was going on here that was like, this, there's just got to be a different path that I just made a wrong turn somewhere. So, so Ben, when you had this realization that you essentially, you're not happy, right? You're not happy at, at where you are in life. What emotions did you start to experience uh, during this revelation? I remember one specific kind of like internal feeling of not being enough. And I remember looking at my daughter when she was laying in her crib one night, she was about two years old, remember? And I was just like looking into her eyes and being like, how the hell can I lead you into your life if I can't lead myself through mine? And it was this insignificant feeling of incapable because in my Marine Corps career, that was a word I often felt that I was incapable of being a good Marine. I couldn't run, I couldn't shoot, couldn't do pull-ups. I was good educational-wise. I graduated, taught my class in my MOS class. Right. But all the other areas the Marine Corps measured me on, being a good Marine in boot camp, I remember trying to be unseen in boot camp, trying to hide versus being seen, which is almost like running, but in a weird coward way, but not one that I was willing to acknowledge. So it was kind of this soup mess of feelings of like staying in the shadows, wondering why my life sucks when it's in the shadows and not realizing you've got to go out there and live on your own terms and figure out who you are and make your own mark. And it was that kind of like hidden feeling that like, I can't take you where you need to go if I'm standing in the shadows, unwilling to be who I need to be. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the way you talked about, I like the way how you mentioned too, how can, how can I lead my daughter if I can't even lead myself? And I think that's important that you mention something like that, because I think that can resonate in any profession, in any industry. Is how, how can I lead my team? How can I lead my family? How can I be the CEO if I can't even get out of bed in the morning? <laughs> yeah. So so now you get to this point. Now you have some macro thinking, right? You, you, you're choosing to think through through your emotions of, you know, feeling incompetent or whatever, you know, insignificant. Uh, so. So any other emotions or anything else you experience, you know, depression, you know, normally that sets in some other things that you had to deal with before you start to make this turn. I would say I had to accept responsibility for my feelings. So mm. because the way that I was almost like validating early on from high school, I would look for others to kind of like meet me where I need to be and like like me enough so that I could be accepted. I would always externally say, it's your fault that I'm not where I'm supposed to go. And so that showed wow. up at work of like, it's my manager's fault that I'm not getting promoted. So if anything, it wasn't accepting responsibility for the feelings of, oh, your career is not where you need to be. That's your own fault. You don't know someone to get a better job. Yep. That's your own fault too. And just having that extreme accountability and ownership of the feelings that if I was stuck, if I wanted something different, if I wanted to be doing something different, if I didn't like the road I was on, 
I was outsourcing my hope for the future to others. And that looks good on paper because it's not your fault when life goes wrong. But there's no hope in the future when it's everybody else's fault that it's you're not getting what you want. And I had to rewire that and accept responsibility for my own hope, stop outsourcing it. And that hope is another feeling. Like when you feel hopeless, like that's another thing because everybody else's responsibility. I'm like, why aren't you making me feel hopeful that I have a bright future? Well, it's not their responsibility to make me happy. It's right. my responsibility to make me happy. And man, if that's not like this word of like being responsible for your own happiness, growing up to your maturity level to accept responsibility to that. We all know people today, no matter how old they are, that still are pretty much like a child on the inside that have yet to grow up and accept responsibility for how their life has happened and where they need to go. And that feeling of hopelessness, like not being happy, just in the general of like day to day, almost being in a zombie mode because I was off, because I was afraid to live, because I didn't want to be seen. I didn't know who I was to even turn on. There was this whole like internal identity crisis. And it kind of all led to a head around 2014 why I also was going on the GI Bill program and eventually had to drop out because I failed two classes and I was like, I need a break. Something's not working. But according to the TAPS course, when you get out of the Marine Corps, everything's supposed to get better when you get that piece of paper. Literally unicorns and rainbows show up when you graduate with a bachelor's degree. <laughs> it was gone. Like, what do I do now? The grass just literally dried up in front of me on the other side of that fence. I have no idea where I'm supposed to jump to or even go towards. And it led to this six month kind of drifting in 2014 where I went to a real, a real simple class on leadership to be a supervisor at work. And this guy was talking about leadership, which just sparked this internal flame that was there and almost like at a very most like match size flame. Right. And it just started me remembering these things from the Marine Corps that I loved about leadership that allowed me to understand in a way that got me back to a feeling that I could lead myself again. Yeah. Well, and did you, did you, during this, during, during this phase, did you ever have a family member or a friend or friends, you know, tell you about your behavior and some of the things you were doing when you, you know, when you were in a phase of you weren't holding yourself accountable, anybody ever go, Hey, Ben, there's some things about you I'm seeing you might want to change. There were a few managers and one of my managers at work was a former or a Marine veteran. So he also kind of like spoke it, but then he also was like, he helped me give me the crumbs to kind of like look towards like reading a self-help book. He introduced me to audible back in the day when I was like, wow, there's this whole thing from Amazon that is amazing. You can listen to audiobooks on the way to work. Like he kind of set me up on the road to where I needed to go, but he didn't always give me the hard advice maybe that I really needed back then or the slap in the face. And <laughs> Often I would say, I, looking back, I would say I closed myself off to probably even hear it. So I don't really have a memory of hearing it, almost probably even if it was said, wow. because it's that uh, disconnection from self, I think, that if you don't really know who you are, what people give you is feedback, sometimes just bounces off and goes into oblivion because it, it, you can't actually hear it to actually feel it. And if you're not feeling other things, you're more likely not going to feel some advice that's really hard even. And it's just going to be, yep, that's more that guy's fault. It's more his fault why something's not working out. He's just not understanding me. He's not getting me. I'm just, I'm normal. They're just not getting me. That was a common thought I would right. have. Right. Wow. And, and, you know, and and um, going back to when you talked about how you you weren't accepting accountability for, for yourself, you were always blaming, you know, everyone else for your, we won't, we won't say failures before, 
things that occur to you while lack of inaction i would say like yeah. just an incapacity to actually do something yeah and, and so when you when you finally got to the point where you started to hold yourself accountable and what i mean by that is you started to say that's not my boss fault i didn't get the job or i got fired that's my fault what what changed in your life when you started to hold yourself accountable i think so between 2014 and 2018 I was on, let's call it a knowledge consumption overload. I thought you just needed to know more. And so I would read a lot of different stuff. I would listen to a lot of podcasts and I was just accumulating this giant wiktionary of information, but we don't have a knowledge problem right now. We have an application problem. And I did not understand that at part completely. Right. And so I, in this process, I was like, oh, there's these entrepreneurs out there. That sounds interesting. I'm going to try doing that. But I would always do it with like one toe in instead of jumping all in. So I started writing, started doing these things. And I would always say, you know, I'm not really sure what I want to do when I grow up. I'm just kind of flirting with these ideas. But it took essentially a conference, Military Influencer Conference 2018, September, Orlando. I told my story, pretty simple story about trying to be a better dad. Because within this arch is I joined some men's groups on the Internet to help me figure out what I'm missing. And so I told my, this military spouse about my story and she started crying. And I didn't know what I did or what I said, or if I maybe even offended her, but it turns out did neither of them. Her husband came home from war physically, but never came home from war emotionally. And in that moment, it all kind of switched and hit that my story could do something. My story had this ability to make someone else see something that they couldn't. And in that moment, a a huge portion, not even just a little bit, I was going to say a little bit, but a huge portion of my story got validated and had purpose. And I think that's something else that I was like, even from early on in high school, I always thought all these people that I saw as pushing me down, pulling me back, even bullies punching me in the gut in high school and middle school, like all these stories were like these things that were holding me back. But it took through some work that I eventually got it down to early in life. People pulled me down so that later in life, I would learn to pull people up. And in that moment, when I told my story to the military spouse, she gave me a gift of my story being having this purpose that I didn't fully understand yet. And then three months later, I launched Military Veteran Dad with this alignment in my gut that I had never felt before that like, this is it. I'm running towards this like a ferocious sprint that I have never done in my life to no idea where it's going. But I'm going to exercise this feeling weekly to understand where it's going. And then fast forward a year in 2020, when I lost my job before Corona, it saved my life because I found this deeper person, to, deeper purpose to keep me going. But man, was that kind of this moment where I found purpose within my life that I originally thought was holding me back. And then you can almost create this internal accountability that it's not your life, how it's happened, that's holding you back. It's how it's happened for you. And how do you lean into that and accept responsibility for where it can take you? That that is amazing. You know, here you are feeling inconsistent at thirty years old, and I'm I'm just turning thirty seven next next month. So I mean, like in seven years, I almost don't believe. The I was going to say that I, I've done in my heart. Even I was going to say you look like you're twenty nine. You got a Benjamin <laughs> button, man. But <laughs> you know, but 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 that is that is that is that is interesting. You know how again you 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 have this feeling of being you know you know, not making an impact in the world. Right. And then you have this life event that occurs. And now your life experiences, what you thought was holding you down is now inspiring others, you know, through your platform. 
Um, if you had one thing to change, like if you if there's one thing that when you look back on your life that you go, man, I'm sorry. I would I just I'm sorry for the way I behaved. What is what would that one thing be and how would you change it? I think I would go back to key moments in the Marine Corps where I was challenged to lead and I ran. Not like physically ran, but emotionally ran from the moment that was in front of me. I can remember being physically having my ass chewed by a sergeant for not wanting to PT on a deployment like he wanted to. And I just felt like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to stay, I want to, I want to keep my, my misery boat kind of going. I didn't call it that or even know what I was doing it then. But there were moments in my life in the Marine Corps that people saw something that I didn't see. They were trying to get me to a place that they saw I needed to go. And I was just essentially giving them the mental finger <laughs> and saying that I'm not that kind of guy. And even as a podcaster, even before launching a podcast, a common thought would be guys like me don't do things like that. And I would say, even back in the Marine Corps, there was a guy that said, guys like me do not become the Marines that they put on poster boards. And it just kept a disconnect from, they can be those kind of Marines over there, but I'll just be this Marine that hides in the dark, that's afraid to reach his own potential. Man, thank you for sharing that. That is, that is awesome. And ladies and gentlemen, look at, look at Ben today, right? You know, he joined the Marines. He, he, he had a point in his life where he's like, man, I am not making an impact. And now look at the impact that he has made through his podcast, Military Veteran Dads. Again, get on it. It's an amazing podcast. I think you're ranked like number one out of 5,000 last year. Was that it, Ben? There was a, uh, I made the top like 15 veteran list of podcasters to listen to. I'm proud of you, my friend. Hey, any, any last remarks uh, that you can give our listeners and viewers? That there is two kind of things that I needed to know early on in life that would have changed everything. That the amount of conversations you have is directly proportional to the amount of opportunity you feel. And that hello is the most powerful word in the human language. And the hellos that I wasn't engaging with would have been the mirrors to see some of the BS that I wasn't able to see. And the really one that would allowed me to understand how this stuff wasn't holding back comes from the Bible in Proverbs 14.4. And I'll give the loose translation first. And it is, it takes a lot of shit to make good soil, but great soil bears great fruit. And within the Bible, it's broken down into where there is oxen, there is life. And where there's no oxen, there is no life, which means that you have to choose life in order to be messy. And when you choose life and get messy, that's when your purpose comes to fruition. And if you look at anybody who's at the top, who is anybody who has a platform of their voice or their message, it all came from their mess. And they learned how to work it in the soil. Had I learned Proverbs 14, 4, 15 years ago, I would have started working in that shit of my life into the soil faster and realizing like there's something here and I needed to go towards it faster. Nice, nice. And how can how can people find you? The podcast is at militaryveterandad.com. All the links to listen on podcast platforms are there. We're on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and pretty much all the, all the podcast players you can imagine. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. You heard it. Be accountable for your actions. It's okay to have feelings and emotions. You just got to accept which ones you're having, and you can turn your life around, right, through your own experience that you may have thought were bad, but actually they inspire others if you just tell the story and create a platform for others, just like Ben. Appreciate you, Ben, for coming on the show, man. Simplify, brother. I appreciate it as well. And I'm really looking forward to continuing our friendship even more in the future. Absolutely, my friend. Well, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, we'll see you later. Unarmored Talk Podcast, episode 39. Living without purpose until one day. 
with today's guest, Ben Killoy, founder and podcast host at Military Veteran Dad and United States Marine Corps veteran. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Mario P. Fields YouTube, and also subscribe and download this podcast through Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms, and leave that rating and review so it can always get better. <laughs>